When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So you're keen to try fantasy basketball, but what is it? What are the things you need to consider? And how can you prepare yourself to have your first fantasy basketball season a massive success and dominate your mates? Let's go! Jordan's open! talking about G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I am your host and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. And today's video and podcast is going to be directed for those of you who have either never played fantasy basketball before or are very new to fantasy basketball. And we're going to be talking about um, all the basics, talking fantasy basketball 101. So for those of you who listen to my content regularly and um, are obviously more advanced, and then maybe this isn't the podcast for you, but for those of you who have maybe transitioned over from fantasy football or are just avid NBA basketball fans, um, we are going to dive into what is fantasy basketball and how you can go about it the right way to have the most fun in um, versing your mates and, and everything about fantasy basketball and also how to win and how to be a better fantasy basketball player. So we're going to go through a lot of different things. So as always, let's um, let's get into it straight away. All right, so the first question I guess we've got to ask ourselves, what the hell is fantasy basketball? And if you've never done fantasy sports in general, essentially fantasy basketball is a game where you can compete against your mates and your friends and you use a player's um, stats that they put up in a real NBA game and they constitute to either categories or fantasy points in your make-believe fantasy team. And we do this by at the start of each year doing a fantasy draft. So you'd sit in a room with all your mates, you'd go through, uh, let's say, 13, 14 picks, you'd go through a round and everyone would have a chance at drafting that player. So if you go and I have the first pick and I take Nikola Jokic, who is you know one of the best players in fantasy basketball, he is now mine and no one else can draft him. He is going to be on my fantasy team and every time Nikola Jokic gets a rebound, my team gets a rebound. Every time he gets an assist, my team gets an assist. Or if you're in a points league, which we'll talk about later, every time he 
puts up a stat, I'm going to get fantasy points for those um, players putting up the stats. And in fantasy basketball, you've got a few different formats, but basically you're versing against your mates. And at the end of the season, you're going to have someone who's considered the uh, champion of the league and he is uh, determined the winner. Now, there are a few different formats for fantasy basketball. And there are also a few different websites where you can uh, access and play fantasy basketball. So we're going to go through them. And I'm also going to give you my thoughts on what I think is the best site to do and play fantasy basketball on. So on the screen here, if you're watching on YouTube, these are the most popular and the, I guess, the, the main four fantasy basketball sites. At the top there, we've got Yahoo, we've got ESPN, we've got Fantrax, and we've got Sleeper. Now, straight off the bat, I would recommend if you're new to fantasy basketball, playing on Yahoo. I think Yahoo is the best all-around fantasy basketball site, especially for those who are a bit newer. It is the easiest to look at visually in my ex- my experience. The um, user interface is the easiest to navigate and figure out. It also has probably the best ranking system out of any fantasy basketball site. And uh, in my opinion, it just makes it the easiest to to start your experience and go from there. ESPN, Um, on this podcast, we shit on ESPN a lot because their rankings and the way they do that is very all over the place. It is what I would describe where casual players of fantasy basketball, casual NBA uh, fans will go to do their fantasy sports. Not to say that if you do play on fantasy on ESPN and play fantasy over there that you are, you know, I don't mean in in a mean way or anything like that, but in my opinion, the fact that they they are mostly catering towards uh, football over there on ESPN, basketball is just kind of a side thing. I feel as though that for most people who are fantasy basketball enthusiasts, first and foremost, it is probably not the best site, and the rankings there will definitely lead you astray, in my opinion, because in all honesty, a lot of them are pretty garbage, and the average draft ambitions are pretty bad. Fantrax is another great option. So between all the four, Yahoo and Fantrax are probably my two favorite. The reason I recommend Yahoo to begin is because Fantrax is probably a little bit harder to work your way around the site. There are actually so many options on Fantrax that for a beginner, it can be a little bit more overwhelming. But for the more advanced player, Fantrax has the most custom um, you know, you can customize your league um, the most and has you have the most control over your league on Fantrax. So I, if you see any of my podcasts, I do a lot of uh, mock drafts over on Fantrax because as a commissioner, the person setting up the league, it has the most um, ability for me to change things to my liking, um, which makes it very easy for a content creator to do the things and create good shows for you guys. And then the last one here, which we don't talk about a lot, which is Sleeper. If you are coming across from fantasy football, you might have heard of Sleeper. You might be thinking of doing your fantasy basketball on Sleeper. Again, I would not recommend this. Sleeper is trying to make fantasy basketball like fantasy football. And the only option that they have is by making, I think they call them game pick'em styles, where basically at the start of each week, you pick a random game through that week for your players' stats to count, and they only count on those games. My, my issue with this is that basketball just isn't like football. It's not a game that is played every weekend. It is not a game that is played once a week. It happens, you know, three to four games a week for most NBA teams. There is no easy matchup, hard matchup for the most part in fantasy basketball. So when you are picking your games and you're picking at the start of the week, well, first of all, you don't know if your player is going to be actually playing that game. You don't know if they're going to roll the ankle the next game and then the game you've picked, they're going to be playing. So control is completely out of your hands. And also, it just takes away a lot of the fun, in my opinion, in terms of trying to 
pick games and things like that. I would much rather play a weekly changes league if you want to make it a bit more like fantasy football. I think that's a better way to go about it. Sleeper, to me, is not what I would recommend for fantasy basketball. So again, my recommendations are probably Yahoo if you're a new fantasy basketball player. If you want to give it a go and you want a bit more flexibility, Fantrax is also a decent site as well. ESPN, if you really love ESPN's website, but again, their rankings are trash, so don't listen to them. And I just definitely would not recommend Sleeper. That would be my very last preference. Let's talk about the different types of fantasy leagues. Now, this is very critical because I think this is one of the barriers to people joining fantasy basketball from other fantasy sports. A lot of other fantasy sports, namely fantasy football, which I know is very popular over in the States, it is what we would call a points league. So we do have a type of that for fantasy basketball, you know, called points leagues, where every stat that a player um you know, does on a, in a real NBA game. So if they score points, if they get rebounds, they do assist, they are converted into fantasy basketball points. Very similar to a fantasy football. If you throw a touchdown, you're getting a certain amount of points. If you are getting rushing yards, you're getting a certain amount of points. You know, those kind of things convert to fantasy points. Same thing will happen in a fantasy basketball points leagues. But there's another form of fantasy basketball called category leagues. And this is where fantasy basketball began. And in my opinion, it is the best type of fantasy basketball uh, experience that you can have. It is very unique to fantasy basketball. So in my opinion, if you want a bit more of a different experience, category leagues is the way to go. It is probably the more challenging, um, but it also has the most amount of strategy, the most amount of nuance to it. So if you haven't ever done anything like it, I would highly recommend just giving it a go and giving yourself a chance to experience category leagues. So in a category league, you've got two different types of formats. You've got head-to-head and roto. Roto is how the the, the, the game began, where you would do basically a season-long kind of contest. Um, and essentially verse each other all at once. Head-to-head is very much like a points league that you would experience in fantasy football where you go one-on-one with someone else and you are basically versing them for the week. The person who wins the most amount of categories will win that week. You've got things like fantasy basketball playoffs, which you can set at a specific time in your league, and we'll talk about that a little bit more. So let's talk about fantasy basketball points league. So again, like we specified Points leagues, each stat that a player records from the actual game that they're playing in corresponds to a certain number of fantasy points. Now, across different sites, namely ESPN and Yahoo, they have different default settings, and these are always customizable as well. For the best experience, and again, if you haven't played much before, I would definitely go with the default scoring settings because, again, anything you read or anything you see or hear on a podcast, on a video, or on an article anywhere, they're usually going to be referring to the default scoring for fantasy basketball points. And if you customize it, add things like double-doubles and triple-doubles and technical fouls, your point scoring is going to differ a lot, and the valuation of those players will be vastly different to what we are talking about in content. So, for example, on the screen here on um, YouTube, I've got the default scoring for Yahoo. So just to read that out for audio listeners, we've got one point for every point scored in the NBA. So everyone, every, anytime someone hits a three, there's three points, three fantasy points for you. A rebound is 1.2 points. Um, Assists, so every time you get an assist, you get 1.5 fantasy points. Steals, you get three points. Blocks, you get three points. And if you turn the ball over, you get negative one points. So that is the default scoring for Yahoo. 
And at the end of the game, at the end of the week, you tally up all of the stats and that will accrue to a fantasy basketball points total. So it is fairly simple, fairly basic form of fantasy. There's nothing wrong with that. If you want a more casual experience and you just want to draft the best players that score a lot and just get like lots of popcorn stats, then absolutely points leagues is a great way to go. Dip your toe in the water. Um, and it is probably the most familiar and most similar scoring format to something like fantasy football. So if that's your background, pretty easy if you just slide over across and get used to what fantasy basketball in a points league really looks like. However, I would definitely recommend, and this is my strength, this is where fantasy basketball is at its best in my opinion. I'm not aware of any other major fantasy sport contests around the world that does it quite like this and that is Category Leagues for Fantasy Basketball. Now, Category Leagues is where things can get more nuanced. There's much more strategy involved. There's multiple different ways you can win. In a points league, you want to draft the players that score the most points. In a Category League, the guys who score the most points in the NBA are not necessarily the best players. A lot of them are, but there are more to it than that. So usually in a Category League, there's a default nine categories Um, And they are, for those listening along at home, are points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, three-pointers made, field goal percentage, free throw percentage, and turnovers. So in a category league, in a head-to-head, let's talk about head-to-head. In a head-to-head category league, what you would do is you would go, again, like a points league, you'd verse one opponent each week, and you'd come up to them, and if you beat them in six categories. So say I beat your team, I get more points, rebounds, I get more blocks, I get more field goal percentage, my free throw percentage is better, and I have fewer turnovers, then I'm going to beat your team six to three because you are going to beat me in assists, steals, and three-pointers made, for example. That means I'm going to get six points, and you are going to get three points. Okay, We move on to the next week, and then you'll verse someone else. That is what we call in each category league, There is also what we also call a most category league, where again, if I beat you 6-3, instead of me getting six points and you getting three points, I would just get a a win. So I'd get one win and you would get zero. So it'd be 1-0. And then in the standings, that's how it would look. I don't think that there's a major difference between the two formats. I kind of view them both the same, but there is that slight difference when you're talking each category versus most categories. But what this does is this allows us to go into the best part of fantasy basketball, in my opinion, and that is team building. Now, it is very difficult to be good at every single nine category. You are often going to have the best players in the league turn the ball over for a lot, for example. You might have someone like Giannis, who is terrible at free throws. So that opens up a lot of different strategies and things like that, where you can build a team that maybe you want to get a team full of guards, and you've got the best assists, points, threes, free throw percentage, steals, um, and that's how you want to build your team. Maybe you, you love defense. You want to get guys who rebound and get steals and blocks and don't have very high turnovers. You've got a lot of different options, a lot of different ways to win, and there's many different strategies that evolve from that. So again, can't recommend category leagues high enough. If you haven't given it a shot before, I would uh, recommend giving it a try. When we talk about the types of category leagues, like we kind of alluded to before, we've got a head-to-head league, which is just like we said, versing one opponent each week. You go up against them, you beat them, you get points, you lose, you, you get fewer points, or you get zero if it's a most, uh, a most category league. 
if uh, and then you'll also have a fantasy basketball playoffs. So at the end of the season, your commissioner will nominate how many teams make the playoffs. So say you're in a 12-team league and perhaps six teams make the playoffs. Then you will go into those top six teams. The bottom six teams are now eliminated. You you lose, you're out. The top six teams go into a playoff. So just like in the NBA, um, you would verse each other until there was one winner left. So for example, you would maybe have a three-week playoff period. So for a six-team example, you'll have two teams that have done so well that they'll get a bye that week because they don't have anyone to verse. Number three will verse maybe number six, and number four will verse number five. And then the winner of that moves on, and then the loser of those matchups eliminated. Now you've got four teams left, one versus three, two versus four, or whatever. Winner of that moves on, loses, eliminate, and then you've got the grand final, and then the winner of that final matchup wins the entire league. So... That is what happens in a fantasy head-to-head league. Now, again, if you're new, I would definitely recommend if you're the commissioner or you know the commissioner, talk to them about setting your fantasy basketball playoffs three weeks before the end of the season because in the NBA, those final two to three weeks is a shit show and so many players are resting and there's fake injuries and things like that. So if you are doing a head-to-head league, my biggest recommendation for the best experience and reducing the... um, amount of luck involved is end your playoffs three weeks before the um, actual end of the NBA season. So that way, again, you're not getting as many of those shutdowns and um, you know injuries and things like that. For a roto, um, this is the traditional category uh, fantasy basketball setting where basically it's a season-long competition and teams are awarded a certain amount of points for where they are in the standings in certain categories. So basically... What means is if I am the best team, so if I'm in a league of 12 teams and I'm the best in points, then I'm going to get 12 points awarded to me for that category. If I am now the worst team in turnovers, then I'm only going to get one point awarded to me for turnovers. And so the goal is that by the end of the season, you are on average the highest amount of points across all of those categories compared to the rest of your league. Those um, those leagues go right to the very end of the competition, very end of the season. You don't have a playoffs by any stretch, and you only have your starting 10 players contribute to those stats. So a lot of the time, there's also games caps and things like that. So that's a little bit more advanced, but essentially, you'll have a limit of how many players can contribute across the season. So that avoids people just adding new players every single day. There's a limit to how many players you can do, but essentially... It's a team, it's a more of a team where you're trying to be balanced across and be as good as you can in as many categories as possible uh, versus the head-to-head. It probably allows you to have a bit more of a build or a different type of team. And we'll talk about that a little bit more as we go along. Let's talk about some, oh, we're going to skip that. That's not the right one. Let's talk about some terminology. So some Common phrases that if you are, again, consuming some content and getting ready for your fantasy basketball drafts for the first time, you might hear a lot of these things and not know exactly what they are. So I'll go through the majority of them. Punting, again, I talk a lot about punting as a vital strategy in head-to-head category leagues. This does not really apply to a fantasy basketball points league. So if you're getting points or fantasy points for each stat, punting doesn't apply. But in a category league 
specifically head-to-head leagues, punting is a strategy where you are basically ignoring a certain category when you're looking at the value of a player. So you might go into a draft and you might say, well, I'm going to ignore um, free throw percentage because I drafted Giannis and I am already terrible in free throw percentage. So I am not going to worry about bringing that back up. I'm just going to ignore that and I'm going to draft everyone as if free throw percentage isn't a category, allowing me to be stronger in other areas. So that is punting. If you, I won't go into too much detail, but if you want a more detailed guide on how to punt and what are the best punting strategies, it's a whole different topic on itself. I've got several videos you can go check out on my YouTube channel on the podcast uh, form there if you are listening over there. So go and check those ones out for a more detailed um, discussion on punting. Streaming. Streaming is basically where you are adding someone off the waiver wire or on the free agent list with the intent of only holding them for a short amount of time and then dropping them later for somebody else. So you might come up to a part in the schedule where there's an NBA team that has three games over four nights and you're going to grab someone who maybe isn't the best fantasy player. Maybe, you know, the Phoenix Suns is a good example. The first week they play three games over the first four days you're going to grab Grayson Allen. Now, he's not by any stretch the best fantasy basketball player, but he might hit nine threes in that game, in, in those games. And you might grab him for those three games and then drop him after that, grab someone else to get you some more threes or another category that you might want to be good in. So that's a way that you can get a, a, an edge in head-to-head leagues and try and maximize the amount of stats that you're getting in a period of time. Now, most leagues will have a acquisition limit, so you can't just add a different player every single week. I think the default is usually four acquisitions per week, so sometimes you need to be smart and try and get those players who are playing a back-to-back game, so two games in two nights or three games in four nights are a good way to go about it. So that's what streaming is. Nine cat, this is just a shortened version when people are referring to nine category leagues. So the default nine categories that we discussed earlier is often referred to as eight, uh, a nine cat. There's also eight cat, which is the same uh, nine categories, but minus the turnovers. So you might talk about people calling, uh, talking about eight cat and nine cat. The basic difference is one involves turnovers, one doesn't involve turnovers. So uh, those are those. Uh, minus one is an interesting one. Again, let, getting a little bit more advanced, but I think it's important to start to think about this one here. Minus one is my favorite way to evaluate a player in a head-to-head category league. So this is where you take the player's best seven categories and then you add on only a small weighting of turnovers. Now, the reason we do that is that turnovers, the best players have the ball in their hands and they produce a lot of turnovers. So turnovers to me in evaluating a player is a less relevant category than the other eight categories. The second part of that, or the first part I just said, was we eliminate basically the player's worst category from their evaluation. Because when you're talking about head-to-head category leagues, if you have, again, I'll use the Giannis example. If you have Giannis Antetokounmpo, he is a great player. He's one of the best players in the NBA, but he is terrible at free throw percentage. So on a traditional nine-category ranking system, if you look that up, he ranked as like the 100th best player last year, which to me and to a lot of people, that is nonsense. You're not going to get Giannis at pick 100. But 
on a minus one scale where you eliminate just one of his categories, his worst category, he vaults up into basically a top 10 player. So that is, in my opinion, a more realistic way to value a player rather than looking at what they are valued as a nine cat ranking, nine category ranking. If you want more uh, information on a minus one ranking, I did a rankings video earlier in the uh, preseason. Go and check that one out. I think that will give you a lot more information. Let's keep moving along here. We've got snake drafts. So this is a traditional draft that, again, if you're coming over from fantasy football, you'll be a bit more familiar. Basically, you have a draft order determined before your day of the draft. And you have, say you've got 12 players, 12 people in your league. You'll get an order from 1 to 12. The person who picks at 1 goes first. And then you go up to the last person who picked, who got picked 12. And then the next round the person who had pick 12 will get the first pick of the next round. So it's snakes. So basically, it goes this way. Then we go back down until the person who picked first has the last pick of that draft. And then they will have the first pick of the next draft. And it go on, goes on, so on, so forth. The different type of draft is called an auction or sometimes also referred to as a salary uh, league draft or a salary cap draft. If you're a beginner, if it's your first time playing basketball or even maybe your second season, I probably wouldn't recommend auction drafts or salary drafts. That's a that's a draft where you basically are bidding on players. Everyone has an, a, lot, uh, a budget, basically. The default is usually $200, where if someone nominates a player, anyone can bid as long as they've got enough money to buy that player. And you're building out your team based on uh, dollars and, and things like that. If you're new to fantasy basketball, it is a much more difficult way to dra- draft. It's a very fair way to draft because everyone has access to every player. But I don't think I would recommend it for a beginner. Get some more experience in a regular snake draft format first. And then if you want to try out auctions as you become a bit more advanced, I would highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun. They take a long time. They probably take two to three hours depending on how many players are in your league. But... It means that you can get any player you want on your team as long as you've got the amount of money for it. And it's the fairest way to do a, a fantasy basketball draft. But again, it is um, if you don't know what you're doing, chances are you're probably going to get cooked. <laughs> um, so it is definitely, it, it differentiates the skill in, in your league, in my opinion, as well. Um, Dynasty leagues and keeper leagues, you might have heard of them, again, if you're coming from football. Dynasty leagues, basically, you keep your entire roster the next season and you only draft the rookies in a rookie draft. Um, different to a keeper league where you have a nominated amount of players that you keep, the players that are left over are then going back into a player pool and those players are redrafted again for the next season. There are a few different rules you can have on this. Some people have, you know, um, you forfeit a round of pick depending on how high of a value that player is. Sometimes you can have things like salaries in in things like that, but that's getting a bit complicated. Essentially, Dynasty, you keep everyone. Keeper Leagues, you keep only some players in your team for the next season. Lastly, just to finish off here, guys, we've gone through all the things of what is fantasy basketball, what it is, and I'm just going to leave you again with just some basic advice. Now, I've got so many videos, so many podcasts that if you want to go deeper and this sounds like something you want to give it a try, you can give a go. But just to give you some general advice, if you're trying fantasy basketball for the first time, the number one thing that I always say is know your league settings. Know if it is a um, category league, a points league, is it head-to-head, is it roto? How many starters do you have? How many bench players do you have? So, for example, um, again, for those who haven't ever played before, only your starters will count. Usually, it's about 10 players. If you have someone on your bench, their stats won't count. If you have someone on your starting, um, you know, 
court or starting team, their stats will count. So on days, for example, where there are a lot of games being played, you might have more players playing than you have starting roster spots. So you're going to have to choose which are your best players that you go onto your team on any given day. Um, Second point is once you know your league settings, when you are consuming content, videos on YouTube, podcasts out there, reading articles, looking at advice on Twitter, make sure that the content you're consuming is related to the type of league that you are in. This is, I think, again, one of the pitfalls for fantasy basketball because there are so many different types of leagues. There are so many different types of settings, whether it's 8-cat, 9-cat, your default scoring for Yahoo, default scoring for ESPN, custom scoring where we now start including double-doubles or free throws made, field goals made, anything like that. Make sure you know that if your league is a different setting, that the advice that you might be getting from a certain piece of content might not be relevant. I am guilty of this, and and I put out you know clickable thumbnails and things like that, saying must draft players. But in a category league, the must draft players might be very different to the must draft players in a points league. So just be aware and be um, maybe switched on as to what type of league the person that you are listening to is talking about, as to whether or not you you know take information from that person as well. If you are doing a category league, again, would highly recommend it. It's, it's, it's so much fun. It's so good. It is the best fantasy experience, in my opinion, bar none. Um, focus on team build. A lot of the times, people will get bogged down in rankings and how well a player did the previous season. And I've done a whole series of videos of this. Go and watch my um, How to Build the Best Fantasy Basketball Team, um, The Art of uh, Team Building. Go watch that video if you want a bit more information on this, but focus on building the best team around your starting few picks on the stars of your fantasy team, and then you'll have a better understanding on building on your strengths. Don't worry too much about drafting off a ranking, and if a guy's ranked 15 spots away and you really want him, well then, and if he fits your team and he fits what you want, go and grab him. Don't feel like you're restricted at that point, um, especially the later you get into the draft. In general, again, general advice, At the start of the draft, draft safer. As you get further and further into your draft, then you can start to take more risky and more upside picks. So as you get to the late part, you are drafting for upside because chances are in a couple of weeks, you're going to be dropping the players that don't work out. There'll be someone on the waiver wire that is a really, you know, he's going to blow up. You're going to have to grab that guy. You're going to have to drop someone. So take a risk at the end of the drafts. Draft some rookies, draft some young players, draft some guys who you're not even sure if they're starting, but if they did, they'd be really good. Get those guys late at the start of your draft. These are the players that you're not going to be dropping even if they go through a poor uh, patch. So draft them safer. Draft them with when you have a bit more confidence. Be less inclined to take a risk. And if you do take a risk, say you draft someone like James Harden or Kawhi Leonard or some of these guys that are a bit more injury prone, then maybe just draft one of them. Draft maybe a few other safer picks. It is important to weigh up that risk versus reward, and I lean more safe at the start of a draft compared to at the end of the draft where I'm just taking flies, I'm taking swings and upsides. The last piece of advice, and I promise this is not a uh, self... um, What's the word? Uh, It doesn't serve me, self-serving one, but be on Twitter. I mean, you can follow me at Ball Boys Twitter, uh, Ball Boys NBA on Twitter if you want, but just be on Twitter and follow um, follow Shams, follow Woj, follow the teams of all the players, follow the guys who are breaking down the news and all that kind of stuff because especially if your league is first come, first serve on the waiver wire or you know there's a trade going down and you can 
I don't know. I mean, maybe it's fair game. Maybe it's not a bit of a gray area. But if you can send a trade out to someone and they haven't caught up with the news yet and you can take advantage of them being a bit slower, then that's going to be a competitive edge for you. So for the fantasy or for basketball, it's it's all Twitter. That's where the news breaks fastest. I'm going to be doing a lot of content and videos throughout the season. So stay tuned into those things. And I'm also going to be tweeting out my thoughts on Twitter very, very quickly after they happen. So that's where you're going to get the competitive edge if you need that news fast. And a lot of the times that is the case with fantasy basketball. So be on Twitter. You don't have to be glued to it. You don't have to follow anything rubbish. Just follow the the things that are you know there for information so you can get it quickly and you'll be you'll be fine. I know I know Twitter's sometimes a bit of a shit place, but it is probably still the best place to get news quite fast. So that is it. That will do it, guys. That is how to play fantasy basketball and a few advice for uh, beginners along the way. If you have any questions, by all means, drop them in the comments. I'm going to be going and answering as many questions as I possibly can. Last tip is subscribe to this YouTube channel, guys. I have so many podcasts, so many videos, and I believe that I am, uh, well, I'm trying to be one of the best fantasy basketball analysts and content creators out there. So uh, give me a solid give me a subscribe, give this video a big thumbs up if you learned something. If you're keen on trying fantasy basketball for the first time, let me know down in the comments and I will help you along the way. If you wanted the ultimate help to get through your fantasy basketball drafts and win the first league you've ever joined, go over to ballboysmba.com and grab my season guide. It has my top 150 rankings. It has my top 250 projections for all the players on there. It also has dynasty rankings, has rankings for points and category leagues, all the different types of rankings that you want. Go over to ballboysmba.com if you want some advice. I will also throughout the season be doing some exclusive Q&A questions. So if you want Um, Someone to help you along the way through every week of the season. I will be doing some more in-depth question and answer podcasts for those members only. So if you want to, you can ask me as many questions as you want, and I will spend a lot more time answering in-depth through podcasts instead of just doing a couple of sentences to answer in a brief period. So make sure you guys go over there, check it out, ballboysnba.com. And uh, have some fun, guys. Fantasy basketball is all about fun. So remember, at the end of the day, go with the players you like, enjoy it, and I'll see you guys next time. Bye. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.